Well, praise God. God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We're going to be in John chapter 5 today, and we're going to be talking about faith. Especially, we're going to be talking about the characteristics of faith, which is authority, power, and command. And we're going to see how the Lord Jesus Christ uses these characteristics and getting this man healed and also in getting other people healed. We're going to see that. Praise God. Amen. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll get right into the study of the word of God. Lord, we bless you in the name of Jesus and we praise your holy name. We thank you, Father, for the anointing that settles upon us, both to speak your word and to receive your word. And Father, we thank you for that and we give you praise and honor and glory. Now, Lord, as I open my mouth, I ask you to fill it. Holy Spirit, be our teacher and guide today and we'll bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, like I said, we're in John chapter five and we're continuing with the series on the life of Christ and we're continuing on with the ministry of the Lord Jesus when he was down here on earth. And so he comes to a place, and we'll go ahead and begin reading John chapter 5 and verse 1. Notice John records, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now most scholars agree that this was a Passover feast, which would make this the second Passover feast of four Passover feasts during the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ since uh, the being baptized and filled with the Spirit in the Jordan River. Verse 2, Now there was in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. Now it's very interesting to note that uh, John describes this pool, the pool of Bethesda, as having five porches. Or we could say it this way, it's a five-sided pool. And uh, John's description of this pool makes it, a complex, which is interesting. And also what is interesting is that Bible scholars dismissed this entry in John's record as unhistorical creation. Now, isn't that interesting? But the pool itself was discovered in the in the 1800s, and it was found to be a mikvah, which is the uh, Jewish term for a ritual bath, it was rectangular in shape, and it had two basins, and it was separated by a wall, which gave it five sides, each side with a portico and a porch, five porches, just exactly like John recorded in his gospel. And so we see the Bible scholars dismiss this as an unhistorical creation, but it wasn't. And I tell you, sometimes I feel sorry for Bible scholars who have a grain of, uh, who have a, a faith as a grain of mustard seed, but they've never allowed it to grow in all of their years, uh, not even a millimeter in diameter. And that's sad. But the Bible, once again, and archaeology has proven once again that the Bible is a factual book. Praise God. And it should be because it's inspired by God. Amen. So here we are. We're in verse 2. There's a sheep market, uh, a pool. It's called the Pool of Bethesda. And verse 3 says, In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting. 
waiting for the moving of the water. They were waiting for something to happen. Isn't that interesting? People waiting for something to happen. They were waiting for God to do something. And we're going to contrast this with faith that doesn't wait. Amen. Now, I do want to say this, that there are things in life that are out of our control. Situations that require God's intervention. But many times in order for him to intervene, certain things he requires. And one of them is faith. Amen. And of course, you know, we don't understand why certain people don't get healed. I certainly don't understand it, but I do know this. There's reasons for it because God said to Moses in the Old Testament, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And God is not a liar. Amen. And I look at it this way. Maybe through some reason or something that uh, we don't know about, a person doesn't get healed in this life. Well, they certainly get healed in the life to come. Praise God. And don't you know that when they come back with the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to receive an incorruptible, immortal body, praise God, that will not need to be healed and will not grow old. So in any way, whether the saint of God dies, uh, like uh, the Bible says of Moses, with uh, full force, his eye not dim, nor strength abated, or whether they go uh, some other way, still it's a victory. If we endure to the end, Jesus said, the same shall be saved. So uh, we always want to give a victory shout to the saints of God that have stayed faithful to Almighty God throughout their entire life. Amen. They had life now, but they'll have eternal life to come. <laughs> Praise God. And I think that's great. But now, you know, Paul said this. He said, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is come, he's talking about the perfect state, but that which is come, we shall know. And there's a reason why things don't work uh, 100 percent perfectly all the time. Well, we live in a world that's not perfect and we live in bodies that aren't perfect. Praise God. But anyway, we're going to believe God. We're going to stand firm and we're going to see that God did something supernatural, spectacular uh, for this man. Amen. He superseded uh, a lot of things, a lot of frailties and a lot of things that uh, this man uh, just could not see. He just did not have uh, the, the wits about him or he didn't have the, the knowledge of God uh, that uh, so many in the Bible had. But yet God, because of his mercy. And that's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about God as an act of mercy. Amen that he did something uh, for this man. But now think about this. Let's read about this. Let's read about this pool a little bit. Uh, verse three again. And these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, this is an obvious act of mercy. Now, I know Bible scholars say, well, you know, maybe what it was, it was a superstition. Maybe uh, the, you know, the, the people when the water was stirred because of, you know, the flow of the water or because of whatever uh, natural uh, phenomenon that uh, and people just took it to mean that it was. An act. Listen, let me tell you something. 
The Bible is the Word of God. It is the inspired Word of God. The Bible doesn't contain these fanciful stories. Amen. If John recorded that this is what happened, then it happened. Amen. And I perfectly understand this as a merciful act of Almighty God. Amen. Praise God. And God does that. He does things just because he desires to. He does things just because of his mercy. Amen. He wants to display his mercy and his grace and his kindness toward us. Amen. We didn't deserve to be saved. God saved us because of his mercy. Praise God. Amen. Well, this is an act of his mercy. But I want you to notice something about this pool. Number one, an angel had to come down and stir the water. And number two, whoever got in first, whoever stepped in first got healed. That has to be an act of mercy. But notice it wasn't an act of mercy for everyone because there was a lot of people in that pool. A lot of people around that, that portico. I mean, the five pools were filled with people. And this was an act of mercy, but not for everyone, but just for one. And contrast that with the faith of God. The faith of God is a way for all to get what God has promised. Amen. Praise God. I tell you, that is just so awesome and so wonderful and so powerful for us to understand today how powerful faith in God and in his word is. Amen. But now let's let's read on. Verse five. Now, a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. Notice that 38 years he had this infirmity. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition. How did Jesus know that? Well, he knew it by revelation. It was a supernatural reality to him. Amen. Jesus knows all things. That's what Peter said. Well, he knew this man was in this condition for quite some time. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, 38 years, that is a long time. That's more than half of a person's life. He said to him, do you want to be made well? Now, that is a curious question to ask somebody that's laying by a pool waiting for the troubling of water to get in. Jesus said to him, do you want to be made well? Well, the obvious answer would be, well, of course I want to be well. I mean, I want to be well. Here I am. I'm at Solomon's porch. I'm waiting for the troubling of the water. And that's exactly what this man said. Now, listen to what he says now. The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man. Notice that. Two words that we need to remember. Number one. The great multitude of people waiting for the moving of the water. And now the second word is what this man answered Jesus. He said, sir, I have no man to put me into the water. And this is why so many people walk by sight and they will not and do not walk by faith. They could walk by faith if they were taught correctly and if they really studied and meditated in the word of God. But there's so many, they just walk by sight. Whatever they see, 
whatever condition they have in the natural, that they just accept it and say, you know, this is the way I am and I'll never change. Well, thank God this man wanted change. I mean, he was there at the pool of, of Bethesda. He wanted to be healed. He wanted a change, but he was so inadequate in his thinking, so inadequate in his own power and ability that he couldn't do it on his own. Notice the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Now notice what Jesus says here. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately, thank God for cooperating with the Lord Jesus. And immediately the man was made well took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Praise God. Amen. Father, just give us revelation and what uh, you want us to know today. In Jesus name. Amen. So here's a certain man. And one of many people that were there. And all of them were waiting on God to do something. But there's such a contrast between this sick man and the Lord Jesus. We just have to bear that out. First of all, the man that was lame, and this is natural man now. We're talking about the difference between natural man and supernatural man. We're talking about the difference between the thinking and the acting of the lame man and the thinking and the acting of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. The layman was what? Doing what? He was waiting for something to happen. Like so many people in the church, they're waiting. They're waiting. Now, waiting is good. When you're waiting on God, when you're spending time worshiping him, when you're ministering to him and you're just uh, waiting on him and you're and you're praying and you just want to be near the Lord and you, you, you're not coming to him, asking him for anything. You just want to sit in his presence. You just want to worship him and love him and in in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's one thing. Amen. But now this man was not doing that. This man was waiting for something to happen. And then when Jesus asked him if he wanted to be healed, the man said, sir, I have no man. See, the thinking purely on a natural plane, a horizontal plane. And then reading further on down, he got up his bed, he walked, and then the Pharisees came to him. Matter of fact, let's just go ahead and read it. And the Jews, therefore, said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. And he answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus has, had withdrawn and a multitude being in that place. So here's three factors concerning this man. Number one, he's waiting for something to happen. Number two, when asked by Jesus if he wanted to be well, he says, sir, I have no man. And the third thing, when Jesus healed him, and he was asked, who healed you? He, this man didn't know. He didn't have the slightest idea who the man was. He didn't know the man Jesus. 
And see, these are three reasons why a lot of times we don't get what God has promised. We don't receive it for ourselves. Number one, instead of us acting in faith, we sit down and wait for something to happen and then we'll do something. But that's not faith. Faith acts upon the word of God. Faith is always revealed through action, praise God, through words and through action. And we're going to see that in a little bit. Amen. And then the second thing about this man is that he, he was looking on a purely horizontal, natural plane. Sir, I have no man. And that's that's true with a lot of people in the church today. They're not looking to God. They're looking to the pastor to help them. They're looking to a deacon to help them. They're looking for somebody to help them. Somebody, please help me. Instead of going in their closet, praying in their closet, asking their father in the name of Jesus. And Jesus has already told us whatever we ask the father in the name of Jesus, that the father will give it to us. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the time that God chooses to uh, answer our prayer, that's that's locked up in his prop, uh, providence. Amen. Praise God. Now, I had a condition I developed in my body over 10 years ago. And it was a problem. And uh, I have prayed over the years and, was, and believe in God for my healing and my restoration. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. And so I started praying again and I realized there were some things in my life that were changing. Some areas of sanctification that I was walking, began walking in a deeper way. And then all of a sudden, over like about a two month period, I realized that the symptoms were gone. And I didn't say anything for the longest time. Because, you know, sometimes things happen and then sometimes the, you know, the, the symptoms come back, but they didn't come back and they haven't come back. Amen. And of course, I'll, I'll be going to the doctor pretty soon and I'm going to talk to him about it and confirm it. But I believe now in the name of Jesus that the Lord healed me. The Lord answered my prayer and the Lord healed me. And I say, praise God for it. Hallelujah. Amen. But see, this is our condition as natural men. This is why we can't ascend without God's help. We wait for something to happen. And then we're, when we're presented, when, when Jesus, like this sick man, said, do you want to be well? And the first thing that the man said, sir, I have no man. We're always looking for man to help us. And then when God does touch us, let me ask you this. Do we really know the Lord Jesus? Do we really trust him? Is our faith in him? Hallelujah. Like one man said, God, if you if you I don't care if you never did one thing for me, I just want you to know that I'm going to love you to the end. Praise God. Well, that's faith and consecration. But that man will be blessed in his deed. Praise God. But now <laughs> let's look at Jesus side. First thing that Jesus said to this man is, do you want to be well? Amen. He wanted to know what the man wanted. Do you want to be well? And the second thing Jesus said is said, he said this, arise, take up your bed and walk. Now, that's a, you got to have authority to do that. Amen. 
And the third thing that Jesus said to this man, after he found him, after the healing, after he found him, he said to him, Amen, praise God. I like this. He says to the man, you have been made well, sir. Sin, actually, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon thee. So when God does something for us, amen, we shouldn't take it for granted, but it should do something to us. Amen. Praise God. And so Jesus said, now notice this in verse 6, when Jesus saw him, he knew something about this man. And then he asked him, he said, do you want to be well? And the man said, sir, I have no man. Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. See, that's the command of faith. And immediately the man responded. He probably sensed something in his legs and immediately responded to it. I think, praise God, I think that's wonderful. But now, before we end this session, there's three points of faith that we need to talk about. And I look at it like this. There's a three. These are three points that faith contains. Amen. Faith is a power. Amen. It's an exousia. It's an authority. It's a dunamis. It's a power. Praise God. But it always contains these elements. And I see this in the ministry of the Lord Jesus. As a matter of fact, the people of Israel said this of Jesus for with authority and power. He commands the spirits and they come out. This was fantastic to them. They had not seen anything like this before. But of course, Jesus is a man that nobody, nobody has ever, ever, ever gotten close. Amen to this man called Jesus. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad he's your Lord today? So there's three points of faith that we need to look at. Number one. Authority. Notice uh, I was quoting Luke chapter four, verse 36, for with authority and power, he commands the spirits and they come out. Well, let's look at this. Let's look at the authority that Jesus had. I'm going to read out of Matthew chapter eight, beginning in verse five. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. There's something about authority in faith that causes us to rise up above the circumstances of life and claim uh, the promises of God. Amen. But notice, not only are we talking about authority, we're also talking about power. See, that was power displayed at the Pool of Bethesda that day. Amen. And of course, over in Luke chapter 5, verses 16, we'll start reading there. Notice it says here, So he himself, 
often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem and the power, notice that, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now we've talked about this before and this is the incident where uh, the, the, the four that bore man through the tiling in Peter's house dropped the man down in front of the Lord Jesus, and Lord Jesus not only forgave the man's sins, but commanded him to rise up and walk, and the man did. Well, you've got to have power to do that. And there is power to do that. The same authority and power that was upon Jesus has been conferred to us. When Jesus said this, behold, I give you power to tread. That word power means authority. I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And Jesus, after before his ascension, he's saying all power. That's once again, exousia, the word authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And of course, Mark records in Mark chapter 16, how that uh, the Disciples went everywhere preaching the word and the Lord working with them, performing miracles and signs and wonders to confirm the word that was being preached. Amen. And of course, we have this in John chapter five, verse eight, the third factor in faith, and that is command. He commanded the man, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And the man did that. So that's how faith is released. It's released by authority, by power and command. Once you understand your place in Christ, who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ, the fact that God is in you to will and to do of his good pleasure, and you understand the power of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus, the same authority that Jesus used when he walked the shores of Galilee, is the same power and authority that he has given to you in the resurrection, amen, when you were born again and when the Spirit of God came upon you. Amen. So now I want to ask you a question. Are we going to be like this man, lame? Are we going to wait for something to happen? Are we going to be looking around for man's help? Are we going to start looking to God? To look to God means you're going to look to his word. Amen. You're going to look to him in prayer. You're going to believe God. You and I, we're going to believe God that what God said is true. Amen. And we're going to act upon it. And that's what faith is. Faith does not wait. Faith acts. Once again, for with authority and power, he commands the spirits and they come out. With authority and power, you command Whatever it is that you need, you command it and it'll come to you. Praise God. Amen. It may take a while. It may take a few years, but it'll come to you. Amen. I like what one preacher said many, many years ago. She said, if I'm sick or if I'm ill or if I need something and I pray and nothing happens, then I begin to change. Because I realize that God and his promise is never going to change. So if anything is going to change, it's going to have to be me. Amen. And I think that's a good way to think about things like this. Praise God. 
Amen. Heavenly Father, we bless you in Jesus name. We thank you, Father, for your word. Help us, Lord. Hallelujah. To understand these things. Reveal truth to us. Help us to understand that just like you, Lord Jesus, with the authority and the power that you've granted us through the new birth and through the Holy Spirit, we command the spirits and they must come out. So, Father, we just wrap these things up in the precious blood of Jesus. We thank you for your goodness, Lord, and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.